Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. What an important topic today. Touchy topic, but incredibly important for today. Yeah, we're going to be talking to you guys about talking to your kids about sex. This is a topic that we get a lot of questions about through Instagram, Facebook, email. Um, And to be honest, it's a really huge topic, hard to cover everything in a podcast. So we go in depth in the Parenting Mentor Program. But today we thought it was really important to brush over this topic, to encourage you guys and to share some of our favorite resources because really... That's one of the things that has been the biggest blessing to us. And you know us. We're going to get as practical as we possibly can. Yep. And I'm super excited about these books we have to share with you in a moment. But do you guys realize that in today's world, this is more important than ever. This has always been important. We are to teach our kids about every aspect of things and be the first ones to do so. Yeah. And unfortunately, well-intentioned parents are becoming last in talking to the kids about sex and they don't even realize it. Yeah, I think that, you know, every parent would say, well, of course I should be the one, Yeah. right? But let's just be honest. I think that, that the truth is, is that the majority of parents have a hard time talking about sex with their kids because maybe sex is just a hard topic for them to talk about, period, right? Like if, if you have ever, let me ask you a couple questions here. If you've ever had a hard time, have you ever had a hard time talking about sex with your husband? Or husbands, have you had a hard time talking about sex with your wives? Then it's going to be even harder to talk to your kids about it. Yeah. Right? Um, And did you talk to your parents about sex? Did they talk to you? It probably wasn't modeled well for you, but that's no excuse not to do it well. And right. of course, you're not taking it because you're listening. You're a courageous parent. So, right. That's yeah. why you're listening to <laughs> courageous parenting. So, we're going to talk about these hot topics yeah. like how to talk to your kids about sex. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you at the beginning of this podcast goes along with what we were just talking about. Yeah. How did you learn about sex? Think about it. Really think about it. Like, remember real quick. Just take a moment. How was that communicated to you or unfortunately, experientially taught to you? Yeah. How did you learn about sex? Oh, of course you're going to ask me that question. Everybody's going to listen, Ann. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up with, uh, I was not a believer when I grew up. And um, gosh, I think I was eight or nine years old, nine, ten, somewhere in there. Did you have like a father figure in your life at the time? Not a strong father figure active at that moment. Um, not living was, in your home with you. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, I think it was a friend of mine showing me pornography magazines no internet back then thank yeah. goodness yeah but for me thank goodness for me back then people had structure. to have guts they had to like be willing to go and either steal a pornography kids had to be able to yeah. steal pornography because they had to be 18 or 21 or older to be able to buy one right so they were either stealing their dads or their grandpas oh, or sure. their neighbors my or friend, their big brothers friend that was nine or same age as me whatever age we were definitely didn't buy it Right? Like you can't. Yeah. And even when the kids are older, like you have, they, back then, they had to have the guts to be able to like go up to the cash register and buy it. 
Yeah. And it was frowned upon back then. Oh, yeah. Here's some stats that are crazy today. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stats, but for time, I'm just going to give you two. Okay. And I thought I'd give some that pe most people wouldn't think are real, but they are real. 21% um, of Christian teenage girls have sent a naked picture of themselves through text message. Whoa. Isn't that wow. crazy? I thought that was crazy because a lot of times we just think it's a boy problem. You know, um, finding out early. Yeah, you even surprised me on that. I didn't know that statistic. <laughs> uh, another one is the largest consumer of internet porn um, is kids ages 12 to 17. The lar larger than adults. That's like junior high and high school. Yeah. Only. The largest group. Yeah, that's the largest, largest group. group. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I would say that this definitely is perpet a pet perpetuated problem because of the internet and because kids have devices. So parents, if you have devices, make sure you're checking your kids' yeah. devices. And, and so to follow up, she asked you an important question, which is, how did you learn about sex? I was honest. I shared how I learned, which was not a great way and led into mm -hmm. all kinds of problems uh, in my younger life. Younger life yeah. but Are you going to ask me? How I learned about sex. Okay. How did you learn about sex? <laughs> well, I don't know if you can relate to this. So some of you who maybe grew up in a non-Christian home, or even if you did grow up in a Christian home, maybe you had a similar experience to Isaac. But some of you may have had a similar experience to me. I didn't actually learn about it from anything like that because I was raised in a Christian home. Um, but the only conversations that I remember, and I'm going to put that disclaimer in remember because my parents might have tried. I just don't remember. Um, I remember them saying that sex before marriage was sinful. And that's good. So that was how I was raised, that it was just this like thing. You don't do this. This is off limits. You don't do it. And so I grew up thinking that sex was bad oh, and that it was evil, which was yeah. not good. That was my interpretation of you know, and so that leads into a whole host of problems when you're older and you are married mm -hmm. and having to deal with lies that maybe you've believed and things like that, which is not what we're talking about today. But I was not taught about sex, how it works um, in a traditional sense. I learned about it in school. You know what the Bible says about things that are not true, that are gifts from God? He calls it in 1 Timothy, is off the top of my head here, 1 Timothy 4, chapter 4. He calls it doctrines of demons. Uh, when he creates something good for us and people teach that it's bad for you. Is a doctrine of demons. That's of interesting. Demons. Yeah. Because um, sex within marriage is amazing. It's God's gift. Yeah, it's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, that's true. It, you know, so I think that like for me, my back history, which is probably many of you guys, you learned about it in a health class in school, like how it works and that a guy has a penis and a girl has a vagina. And you learn all the basic terminology, which one of our tips when you're talking to your kids is that you need to use the real terminology yeah. and not make fake names for it. Because when you're making fake names for it, it's usually because you're uncomfortable saying the word yeah. and that's portrayed to your kids. And then they think it's embarrassing and then they may giggle about it. And it becomes this like weird thing that you never really fully talk, talk about. Okay. So now you thought about how you learned now, do you want your kids to have the same experience you did? Yeah. Finding out about sex and 
all the things that come around that as a young age. So probably not. I mean, there's some of you that are probably nodding yes, but you want more information. And so let's read scripture and we'll go into the first point here and Mm -hmm. we're going to share something awesome with you guys. Okay. So in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Okay, what is a vessel? Well, it is the penis and the vagina. Those are the members. The members, yeah. Yeah, and God refers to them as members. That Mm -hmm. would be something that in another spot, spot, um, he talks about presenting our bodies as living sacrifices in Romans also. We'll be Mm -hmm. digging into that scripture. and I do think that it's... Vessel a, could also be the whole body. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And so we need to be... Um, but but not ignoring that aspect. Like, that's an opportunity that as your kids get older, you can talk about, like, when they're younger, you yeah. could easily talk about how it's your whole body. And then when as they get older, you could be more specific and saying, what does that include? Your whole body includes the private parts, hey, the if, special if parts. If you thought that scripture was for you, you were wrong. That's probably for you to teach your kids at the right timing. So yeah. uh, let's go into first point. So we must be proactive versus reactive parents. Okay. So a lot of parents struggle with talking to their kids yeah. about this topic. So they don't at first thinking, oh, I don't need to talk to them until they're like junior high and getting curious. Right. Mm -hmm. And or they think back to themselves and they're like, I wasn't even like curious about that kind of stuff until I was like in junior high. So I'm not going to talk to my kids about it until junior high, not realizing that their kids have already been exposed to something, especially if they're in a school setting or sports or anything where other people have devices. Right. right? And so I think that you just have to be a realistic parent. Again, take those rose tinted glasses off, be a realist and go. What is my child exposed to today? What is the circumstances around their education? And you're going to have to adapt when you talk to them based upon that. And if you're proactive, you're doing it before there's signs that it's needed. Yes. See, you're doing things in advance in preparation for what they're going to face in the future. So you can't wait until there's like, oh, there's There's bad kids around my kid. I better teach them something. Right. You have to teach them ahead of time. So when is that? What age? That is up to you. Mm-hmm. What age do we usually? Well, this isn't about an age, actually. It's a woven. This should be woven into the fabric of your parenting, actually. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, but you do have to start early and you have to invest mm-hmm. in resources that your kids can use. And so I wanted to share a really important resource with you. Mm-hmm. Get your pen and paper out or remember it. Or, by the way, you can always go to CourageousParenting.com hit the menu, hit podcast, all the show notes, scripture notes, and resources we mentioned are there, and there'll be a link to these books there. But this is really, really powerful. You can show things as I'm going if you're on the video version. Yeah, if you're watching the video, I've got the books right here. If not, just go to the website. But God's Design for Sex Series. These are excellent books. So it's an actual series. Yep. It's not just how to have the conversation. It's better than that. Mm -hmm. It's how to have all the right conversations from young age to older ages and to weave it into the fabric mm-hmm. of your parenting as I was talking about. And so here's uh, just a little bit about it. Um, do you have healthy conversations about sex with your kids? 
That's healthy. Good, healthy. So this is the thing. That's a totally different question than do you have conversations with, about sex with your kids? Because yeah. there's a difference between having a conversation with them and having a biblical, healthy conversation yeah. that's pointing them to the glory of God. That's right. And sooner or later, your children will hear many different opinions about sex, yeah. gender, and puberty. The God's Design for Sex series helps parents establish a biblical view of sexuality in the home instead of having the talk. Yeah. <laughs> you can ensure your kids will come to you on tough topics and you'll have the right answers for them. I think that is such a key point right there. Yeah. Is that they come actually to you for those conversations. There's that open communication. You can't cultivate that unless you start early. Right. Which is what I actually like this series about. So we started using, they just revamped the series, which is awesome. We've actually used this with our kids for mm -hmm. years. I think I bought the first series maybe a decade or more ago. Yeah. I think Kel it was our first or second year of homeschooling. And now mm -hmm. Kelsey's 19 and at college. So yeah. a long time ago, you guys. Um, and I was impressed with the books then, but now they've revamped them because, and the reason why that's so important is because there's a lot more issues surrounding sexuality today than there were even a decade ago, as mm -hmm. you would agree. So they have this book, how and when to tell your kids about sex. And I love the dialogue that's in here because there's literally a question that a kid would ask and then an appropriate biblical answer from a parent on all different topics. And then they have the series, which is book eight. That is um, the story of me ages three to five mm -hmm. before I was born ages five to eight. Um, what's the big deal ages eight to 12. And this is when they start introducing um, concepts like masturbation mm -hmm. and um, sex that is meant for, for marriage, not before marriage. And then ages 12 to six, which is facing the facts. And it's the truth about sex and you. And the, the images are very tasteful, beautiful illustrations, mm -hmm. very modest illustrations for, especially for the um, one, the first two books that go up to age eight. Um, they get a little bit more descriptive um, in that way. So it's just really good tools for parents to use. But then once you get to like the eight to 12 and the 12 to 16, it, it the images change. They're still very modest mm -hmm. and God honoring, but they allow parents to actually show the child what Dif the differences between kids are when they hit puberty and things like that to have yeah. those important conversations. So you can find out about these books at God's Design for Sex Books.com. Um, they're award-winning books, you guys. There's been over a million books yeah. sold. Um, I can't recommend these books by Stan and Brenna Jones enough. Very so. good, very good stuff. So definitely get those. Mm -hmm. But um, we, you know, what we've often talked about this weaving things into the fabric of your parenting yeah and it can get a little overwhelming like people that have listened to a lot of our episodes might go well you've said that about this you've said that about that right okay so well, am i supposed to be talking about sex with my kids all the time isaac that could sound like that it, it could sound like that well these these books are a good example because they go by age group of what you should talk about in those age groups but it's it's not all the time you don't want to. You're make, not going to read this book every day at nap time. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not every day at nap time, but there are things. Parenting is a long game, and it has to do mm -hmm. with consistently doing a few of the right things over and over again mm -hmm. during all ages versus some event when they're 12. Okay, some one talk, the talk when they're 12. Now you should still have a talk that makes sure there's no gaps missing, and to make but sure leading, that they don't have any questions. But leading up yeah. to that. They should already be accumulating knowledge 
and being equipped along the way. Yeah, and I think that this idea of like, it's woven into the fabric of your parenting, that just sounds so eloquent and beautiful. But the reality is, is that what we're talking about is not that sex should be woven into the fabric of your parenting as far as like that being a main topic of conversation, but that there's this ability to have all kinds of conversations, even on intimate topics like sex, because what's woven into the fabric of your parenting is an openness and a vulnerability and a relationship where the kids are not embarrassed to ask you the questions. You're not embarrassed to answer them. You know your child so well that you know what is appropriate and like age appropriate slash maturity appropriate, Mm -hmm. because this isn't like really just an age thing. This is like a maturity thing. Like what can my kids handle me sharing with them right now and talking to them about? And you just, you need to cultivate that open kind of relationship with your kids. You absolutely do. And if you're scared to talk to them about this, that might be a sign that you do not have that kind of relationship. And let's just pause for a moment and talk about how do you cultivate an open relationship with your kids? Well, you have to ask Questions that are not yes or no questions, questions that force a response from your kids. And you have to do it often and really be patient and wait and listen and ask follow up questions. I've said this before, but I want to say it again because it's so important. The coach approach is vital. The first time you ask somebody a question, even your kids, they might give you a surface level response. The second time you ask that same question in a little bit different way or follow up to that question, it gets a little deeper. By the time you ask three times, you're getting into the deep level of somebody's heart and uh, thoughts and what they really think. And so we have to build trust by going three questions deep that we really truly do want to know the deep answer and we're not just kind of creating conversation as we're driving the kids somewhere so that's really important that's important for adults too that's the coach approach to creating openness with your kids and that's the proactive parenting way actually is that you are proactively engaging your kids and preparing them for the future so that they have a personal strong conviction because they've been educated and they know and they have a relationship with you and you've also talked to them not just about what sex is or how it works but you've also talked to them about what the bible says about sex that it's a good thing for marriage it's not a good thing before marriage so and that it's it is pleasurable, but that it's also meant for procreation and just to give them that whole like sense of a bigger picture that it's not just about them, that it's, this is a gift that God designed for humans to um, enjoy and to experience together within the confines of holy matrimony. That's so true. That is crucial. You know, in Romans, uh, love the scripture right here, 12, two, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable Mm -hmm. and perfect will of God. We have to be um, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. Another scripture says, hold our thoughts captive, right? Oh, yes. Take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ. And so we have to teach our kids that. But how do you teach your kids how to hold your thoughts captive when they have lust in their hearts for a cute girl? And you haven't even talked about it. You can't talk. If you haven't talked about the first thing about why they have desire for a girl, 
in their attracted to them. You can't talk about this the second thing of hold your thoughts captive. Right. You see how they go together? They you have totally to use scripture, but you have to have these open conversations. I tell my boys, it is a good thing that you have attraction for girls. Praise like God. Inside them. Yes. Um, Young. All right, that's good. That's how God <laughs> made you, you know. But then that leads you into what you were talking about, which is, hey, that's for marriage. So it's right. normal to have the attraction, but we're not to act on that and and, and and pursue a girl unless we're at the right age. And you can talk about that. And we think they have potential to be mm -hmm. uh, marriage worthy. What you're talking about is an issue of purity, which is our second point, having yeah. confidence and purity. Now, guys, we are literally just going to be brushing over this topic, but there is an entire session on purity in the yeah. parenting program. And so I just want to encourage you guys that if you, this is something that is hitting home and you're being encouraged right now to look into that. But when it comes to purity, if have your kids ever watched a movie? Like, can I just say that? Have they ever watched a TV show? If they've ever watched a movie or a TV show, chances are they've been exposed to some kind of sexual innuendo, coarse jesting, um, maybe even pornography in a sense, depending on what your definition of pornography is. Definitely modestly or scantily dressed women, um, guys being inappropriate as they gawk at them. Just in the commercials. kids have been exposed to this kind of stuff. So if you have not had these conversations, I'm sorry, you're late. To the ball game. Yeah. And so you need to be proactive. Choose right now to be proactive, not reactive going, oh, they just saw that commercial. I'm going to react. And back but on. you should have already trained them in how to cover their eyes and protect their own purity. That's, so true. That's proactive parenting is when your kids look away. You know you've been yeah. a proactive parent if your kids are protecting their purity. If you're looking at them when they're looking and they're just staring eyes wide open at this show and you're like, don't look at that. You're reactively parenting. And dads, you need to uh, lead by example. You should be looking away and your son should be looking mm -hmm. away too when there's that one little spot of you know inappropriate uh, activity. And back when uh, on the thing I was talking about, if you're talking to your boys about the opposite sex and how that's a good thing, that opens, that makes them feel comfortable having these kinds of conversations with you. So doing a little mm -hmm. builds comfort to do more. And so you got to start asking the questions, got to start bringing up the topics and so forth. Mm -hmm. And life mm -hmm. situations should be allowing you to do that. So also confidence in purity though, which is what we're talking about, is you also want your kids to be so confident in their purity that they stand against the, the enemy using mm -hmm. other kids and other media to make them fall. So if there's coarse joking or there's people joking around around them and they are trying to hold strong to impurity, you don't want them to join in that. And that's what confidence and purity is. And they can't be confident in their purity if they don't know what the Bible says and if they haven't had real conversations with you, someone to talk to. If they don't have you to talk to about these things, who are they going to talk to? They're going to get all the wrong information and they're going to fall. They're not going to have confidence in their purity which you want them to do. Right. Need to. So Romans 6, 13 says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And so this is this whole chapter, actually, you guys, if you were to go in and read chapter six in Romans and then so again, good. chapter 12 in Romans with your kids, just talking about the importance of how we we as Christ followers present our members 
as instruments to him. Mm-hmm. Are we proud of how we are taking care of ourselves? Are we proud of how we're using our bodies? And if we're not, that's hugely convicting. Now, I just have to say, like, that is an opportunity. If your kids have sinned and they haven't been pure, there is an opportunity for you to be sharing with them the gospel and what it means to truly be saved, to be reconciled to God for how he can redeem those bad things. Okay, can I just say, if they have experienced themselves sexual sin and they're hiding that past from, like, their teenagers— They're missing an opportunity to redeem the past, partner with God, and be honest about the mistakes they made. That's a huge opportunity for opening up massive dialogue with teenagers. Oh, yeah. I've done that with our kids, shared things from my past and been honest about it in an age-appropriate way, of course. Yes. Um, But and just said, there's there's a better way. And uh, I didn't know God then. I didn't know. One of the things I didn't know that you should teach your kids that Angie touched on is Whose body is your body? Yeah. Well, I even said it wrong, right? It's not ours. It is God's. It is the holy temple. It is, we are to steward it well. Mm -hmm. And if kids understand that from a young age, not only does it lead into potential for purity, but it leads into health and taking care of themselves, not putting the wrong things in their body, not smoking, things like that, right? Another verse that comes to mind is in 1 Peter. This has actually been a scripture verse that we've memorized with the kids over the years and we've used for many different concepts, whether it's taking care of your body and working out and like like making sure that you're stewarding what he's given you well. But it says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And then it goes on talking about um, girding up your loins was just before that. And so such a powerful passage of scripture. Yeah. I remember we just went through this as a family during our family Bible time yeah. a couple months ago. And we've actually gone through first Peter a few times together. And that particular scripture about girding up your loins and being sober minded <laughs> and like talking about the members and being holy is always a really powerful session with our kids. By the way, I never script I never skip scripture when I'm doing morning devotions. So I pick a book of the Bible and we go through everything it says. Yeah. And the members, they know what their members are. All ages of my family know what the Bible's talking about in terms of members. Right. Why wouldn't I share it with them? It's not a bad thing to share. If it's in the Bible, you can share it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you should. And you should. You really should. So as far as confidence and purity, why are we talking about this? It goes back to the foundational mission of Courageous Parenting which is to raise confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. You don't know what temptations are going to come at your kids as they grow up. And so it's going to take a lifetime of building confidence in what they need to have a personal conviction and a confidence in their conviction to stay pure. Because the reality is if you're just having a one-time talk with your kids about sex and you're like maybe five times saying sex is meant for when you're married, or it's sinful before you're married, but not after you're married, you are not raising your kids with a strong understanding of what the Bible says about sex. You want, you might have just young kids right now, but envision at some point they're going to have a smartphone because for safety, if they're babysitting or they're not with you, you're going to want them to have a smartphone. Okay. They're eventually going to have access to social media. I think you should. You should. We've taught this before. You should teach them how to use it. It's it's an important tool an age appropriate in this world. Time. Yeah. It's not just evil. It can be yeah. used for evil, just like many things. But um, so they're going to be on that. Um, is your son or daughter going to actually approach you when they're 12, 13 years old and go, 
hey, so-and-so just messaged me and I saw something I shouldn't have. And I just wanted to show it to you and get your help. You know, are they going to actually approach you or are they scared to do that? See, they don't yeah. keep a confidence going unless you've opened the channels of communication. So once, do you have open communication? We've talked about that. Secondly, when you talk about these things at a young age and consistently as they get older, you need to remind them, hey, you can always talk to me. I'm here to help you mm-hmm. and help understand you should not be embarrassed about these things. Um, God made this to be between a man and woman when they're married, but our world is decayed. So you have to educate them on the world at age appropriate time and more and more and go, these things are going to happen. And when they happen, you come talk to me. And that's a, again, it's a woven thing. These are like, it starts out with little conversations such as your two year old saying, where do babies come from? Yeah. Right? Like, that's a huge question. They're basically asking about sex at two. (laughs) And they don't know it. They actually don't know it. And so as a parent, being aware of that and going, oh, this is a natural question. Don't cut your child off and make them feel embarrassed for asking that question by the way you respond to them, you know? And so some parents might like start getting a cold sweat. They are experiencing physiological symptoms of a red face. They're embarrassed. They don't know what to say to their kids. No, like you guys, this is a normal part of life. And it's a good thing that your kids are asking. That is not when you go into the big birds and the bees conversation, right? You can just go use some tools. There are so many books out there that we've read with our kids when they're 18 months old, two years old, whenever mommy's pregnant, it's an opportunity to be sharing with them these different tools. And if you want those tools, um, we share about them in the parenting mentor program and they're in redeeming childbirth growth and study guide also. And they're all age categorized. You guys, we have, we have invested. That's the thing is that you need to invest in tools and resources that are going to help you in this parenting journey. Because I'll tell you something, if it was up to me, I wasn't taught these things. I wasn't modeled what it looked like to be weaving in this comfortable conversation about sexuality as a kid. And so if I didn't have books and tools to read with my kids that were like, even the Berenstain Bears has books on the new baby, welcoming a new baby, talking about sharing and how your mommy and daddy still love you and answering all those kinds of questions. When you really engage the Mm. season that you're in and you embrace it versus hiding from it because you just fearfully don't know, you have to, you have to choose. Am I going to invest in my parenting and in my kids, get some resources. And then you sit and you have those great times of reading through those books. And then your kids will come up with more questions and you can just, Gently answer the questions at age appropriateness as they're growing older and older. Yeah. It's just really healthy. There's, you know, a lot of confusion happening with kids around sex and gender and all kinds of things. And so if you're not right there having those open conversations, um, the world is forming those things for your kids. And so yeah. just- and Satan has an agenda. He has a scheme. Yeah. And so we have to realize that. We, as the parents, it's our jurisdiction to be teaching our kids and we need to own that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, last point here is we need to embrace how God made them. Uh, Before we go into that, let's hear real quick from people who have gone through the Parenting Mentor Program. Uh, That is how we fund doing full-time ministry. It's uh, we put how we can put these podcasts together. Actually, podcasts (laughs) together, and people are raving about praise God that He's all over this and has blessed it. It's obvious, a hundred percent satisfaction of the. I think we're in the sixth group 
We're about uh, to go up, into the about six, to go, six yeah. group of parents uh, going through a six week program, 100% satisfaction and people are being transformed. Kids are being transformed. Families are being transformed. Legacies are being transformed. So yes. let's hear from them real quick. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. That never, get, never gets old here. <laughs> it's that. exciting. And, uh, just glad to be part of it yeah. and, along the journey of impacting 1 million families and their legacies. So embracing how God made them. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to embrace how God made them. So let's openly talk about it so we can talk positively about how God made them and how that relates to their future marriage and sex and all of these things. This is an important piece to it. So uh, it's a crucial for the start of your legacy. What is your legacy going to look like 100 years from now? Well, it kind of hinges on these conversations. Yeah. I think that a lot of parents don't understand that being able to have these kinds of conversations opens up and creates, it actually is like one of the foundations of being able to have a healthy relationship with your kids when they're adults, actually. Yeah. Because if you're not willing to talk to them about the most applicable, most important issues of life, because let's just say it, that's what this is. That's why the devil is trying to um, make parents feel ill-equipped, even discourage parents by creating a war for their child's perspectives yeah. and views of sex <clears throat> and all that is surrounding this topic, right? Yeah. Like Christian parents are literally mm -hmm. like, how can I fight with this right. at times, Yeah. right? When there's so much indoctrination coming at kids from every different angle, whether it's media or movies or schools and agendas that are being taught, there is just, there is it is a war. And so as parents, what is our weapon? We have the full armor of God gave it to us. God gave it to us in Ephesians 6. We need to be putting that on ourselves, on our children every day. And we have the sword of the spirit. And we need to be able to know where God is talking about these intimate issues and to share those powerful scriptures with our children, because that wow. is what is life transforming. I parents are not life transforming. God's word is. I have another quick stat for you. 90% of eight to 16 year olds have viewed porn. How many? And some researchers believe the first exposure is usually at eight years old. 90% of eight to 16 year 90% of eight to 16 year olds. Porn. Here, I wanna pause for and share something with you that I've thought about. If you don't know how social media algorithms work, you should, uh, because whenever we scroll over something, click something, slow down on something, it's building an algorithm um, 
of identity towards that viewer, that user. Yeah. And so we're training the algorithms to feed us information, ads, other images, and exposure of things that the that we have told it that we like. Mm-hmm. And so if your kid is scrolling through the wrong things, it is creating an algorithm that says that there's a record of in society this human being likes looking at naked pictures of girls or 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 women with you know very not very much on or whatever. Okay. Swimsuit ads. Swimsuit it could ads. be anything, so, you guys. So basically you have to realize your kid and you are training the algorithms to feed you more information. So if if you're looking at the wrong things, scrolling on the wrong things, even yourself, you're training it to do the wrong things. If your kids are on, they're training it to do the wrong things. And it's just perpetuating this. This is a problem. really big issue. I think that a lot of parents are going, oh my goodness, right now, right? But let me just tell you something that's even more scary. Think about your child's future, future jobs, potential future as a judge, yeah. as a politician, as a pastor, as a husband. Too. These things can become public knowledge. And the devil can use the algorithms to reveal these secret sins, if you will, yep. of your child's past when they are an adult. Everything's on record and it's uh, owned not by you. It's owned by these companies now, and they can use it how they want. Yeah. And I, I, you guys might be like scared right, right now. And we always talk about not parenting in fear. And so- not parenting in fear means you have these hard conversations because this is the reality of the world that we live in today. And we have an uncertain world that is going to appear in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years from now. We do not know when Jesus is coming back again. Mm -hmm. And so we need to prepare our children for, and we need to prepare our legacy by teaching our kids these truths You need to teach your teenage girls and boys what Isaac was just talking about regarding algorithms. They need to have a healthy fear that those things could become exposed and ruin their future families, their future legacies, their future jobs. So here, I'm going to put uh, where we got these stats in the notes at CourageousParenting.com under podcast. Yep. So, so you all, can always so go look need, for there's them. There's a whole bunch more, so you can find out where I got those. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been a really great conversation. Yeah. We hope that it's been um, equipping for you. I know it's not really one of those like touchy-feely encouraging topics, but I hope that it exhorts you yeah. to rise up and be the parent that God wants you to be, the courageous parent that he wants you to be. So embrace your role. Realize the enemy wants to lay a foothold in your kids and in your marriage uh, of not the right things, right? By using uh, the desire for the flesh against you. And start now while they're early, but it's never too late if you have older kids. Don't be discouraged. It's never too late. Apologize to your kids for making a mistake. Have a clean conversation with them. Uh, help them to not be embarrassed talking to you if they're older. Mm-hmm. No problem. And uh, redemption's awesome. And there's all kinds of stories uh, where God can redeem things, even if they've gone wrong. Yeah. And those are the stories that your kids need to hear, actually. They need to know that when they receive Christ, yeah. they're new creation. Amen. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. 
It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.